Okay, so episode 14, Ears to the Streets podcast. Today I'm joined by a talented lady, a singer-songwriter. She's got lots of music out at the moment and she's got a lot more coming on the way. Do you just want to introduce yourself, tell the listeners who you are? Hey guys, uh, my name's KX. I'm a singer-songwriter from South East London. Uh, that's kind of it, really. <laughs> yeah, man, short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to know as well, where did you come up with the name KX? Because obviously it's a bit unique. Um, so yeah, how did that name come about? Yeah, my, it wasn't my mum's choice to name me KX. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, uh, so basically my name um, is Katie mm. and there are already quite a few um, big Katies out there. So Katie Perry, Katie Melua, Katie B. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might have missed a couple, but I wanted to kind of, stay away from Katie but I also wanted to keep it kind of authentic so keeping the K mm, and yeah, then yeah. someone I was working with in the beginning of my kind of solo career suggested that the X could be you know kind of an edge that I'm kind of trying to go for as well as the sweet side so kind of having that X that could be seen as like a little kiss something quite sweet and then also having that edge that I'm I think that my music kind of does have a little bit of as well. Yeah, no, that makes sense as well. That's a good point. And I think listening to your music, you can understand why there's a lot of influence from um, like the R&B era as well. So like, where did where, where did you grow up? Where is that? In South East London? Yeah, majority. So till like 11, yeah. So yeah, like obviously growing up in, in London, that's like the hub of, of everything really, isn't it? So what was like... Um, the music that you was growing up listening to was that R and B because um, I know you've done a lot of garage events as well. So, what kind of music was you into and listening to as well at that point? I think, to be honest, I've always had a really wide range of. I wouldn't ever like to box myself in one genre, but nineties R and B was definitely what I grew up on, and that was kind of what where my passion yeah, lied. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Destiny's Child, TLC. Usher was a huge, I mean, a lot of people's favourite Usher album kind of steers more towards Confessions or 8701, yeah. whereas mine, my first ever tape, I believe it was a tape, was Rawr. my way. <laughs> okay. I'm showing my age now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I've got Usher's album, My Way, and that was my first ever, you know, um, album that I I bought with my pocket money and you know kind of really got into that the whole Jermaine Dupree um mm. sound Missy Elliott Aaliyah obviously so Classic. yeah but my mum my mum had a completely different sound in the house so I also was have, like listening to Duran Duran Fleetwood Mac Aha that kind of sound as well so I wouldn't say I was influenced by it but maybe I don't know subconsciously it might be there <laughs> yeah yeah definitely 100% yeah no 100 percent, 100 percent. i feel like it's still prominent r&b it's still prominent within the uk still has a place and a part to play i just don't know if we're ever going to get back to those kind of moments where um we we were listening to it so much it's like timeless do you know what i mean um that's not just in the uk that's in the us as well i feel like you know for me um like R&B is timeless you know it can take you you can listen to R&B and it takes you back to a moment in life where I don't know you was going through something or a good time a, a dark time it just takes you back to that moment when you kind of feel like 
you know, you throw on a TLC, you throw on some Destiny's Child, you throw on, I don't know, Jagged Edge, whoever it is, but it kind of makes that moment, you really, you really relive that moment again. And, and it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But one of the first songs I think I heard of yours was, um, was a collaboration with AO Beats on My Ones. Um, when, when was that? About 2017? Yeah, yeah, that was 2017. It feels like yesterday, but yeah, that was... Um he was kind of the first producer that I worked with to put any of my solo music out. So I, would, I did work with a producer beforehand, but we didn't ever release anything further than SoundCloud. So mm. AO Beats was the first, you know, proper Spotify single release yeah, um, yeah. collaboration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think before that you did some work with Pepster as well, didn't you? That was the, that was the one I was referencing. So I was in, I basically, he met Pepstar at a party, like an event, um, got talking to him. He invited me to studio. And at that point, you know, KX didn't exist. He's the one that helped me with the name. So linking it all together. Um, and, you know, he, he saw something in me. We kind of basically started working on some music. AO was always coming in doing sessions after mine. So that's how we met. Um, and it was kind of like a natural, oh, we should do a session. And that's, that's where it led on from. Yeah. I think the collaboration with, um, AO definitely worked. It was, you know, you both complimented each other, um, in terms of what you wanted to get out of the song. But, um, I remember also as well, so that was 2017, but I also remember, um, you had another song, which I think was, um, played by DJ Ace on one extra, um, was it called No, no One Else? Yeah, it was after 1am EP and the song was um, No One Else. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's quite a mellow, um, mellow sound. Bit of a deep track. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to talk to you about 1am actually because it's a really well put together project and um, it's got some really good songs on there. Just talk us through the process of um, how you came up with the name, producers, mm-hmm. um, things like that. How, how did that whole project come come about? So it was, um, so again, back to piecing it all together. So when I started working with mm. Pepstar in the studio, yeah, yeah. Um, the first kind of few songs that we created were actually the originals right. um, of a few of the tracks that then made it onto the 1AM EP. So if you were to go onto my SoundCloud, you'd hear a completely different version of Pillow right, Talk. Right. So I don't really like push it that much because obviously it was my first very first um you know work um on soundcloud and on any kind of platform as myself so um we worked on a number of tracks and then there were kind of some delays here and there and something didn't quite feel right to put them out as a body of work like properly i felt like there was something missing so i think i did the tracks with ao took a little breather, did a couple of singles. So with you and on my ones. And then I took those tracks and I met another guy called JJ Musica um, at an R&B event. And I loved his production. I loved his vibe. And I was like, you know what? I'm ready to do an EP now. I'm ready to take what I've got and then kind of add to it because I've been writing as well. And basically finally get this EP. So I'd say it was a good couple of years between working on the first songs 
doing the singles with AO in between, coming back to those original songs and basically reproducing them, but keeping the original ideas. And then I had a couple of other um, songs like Tonight that I, um, and, and no one else that I basically wrote in that time that I added to it to basically form 1am. So, yeah. Right. If that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does. It's a really good body of work. It's well put together. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's got five songs, I think, on there, hasn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, you, you can tell that you put your heart and soul into it. Um, you know, the productions are really well on there as well. Um, I think I'd have to say pr probably tonight is my mm -hmm. favorite off the EP, man. I, I really like that song. Um, it's a really yeah. good song. Tonight's got a funny story as well, actually. That one, um, that one started off as a, a track that I did in a session and um, I loved the beat so much. And then the producer kind of went AWOL and I was panicking because I was like, I love this track so much, you know, I love it so, so, so much. And I didn't know what to do. And then like a very good contact of mine was just like, just go and get it reproduced, get over it. <laughs> and then I, when I met JJ, he was just like, I just said, can you take this idea and reproduce? And he was like, yeah, of course. And then when he came up with the, the track, I was like, oh, I'm really glad that didn't work out with the first idea. So it always ends up working out in your favor, I think, you know? Yeah, no, no, a hundred percent, one hundred percent. I feel like you know, hindsight is a mm. is a beautiful thing. So, um, you know, those those things happen organically and naturally. So, exactly, it's always going to be the case. Exactly, yeah, it's going to always be the case. So, big up yourself and JJ you. for that, because um, it was well put together. Um, but one thing I wanted to speak to you about as well was mm -hmm. around um, COVID, lockdown, no gigs are happening, nothing, no vibes are happening anywhere, um. And I know you've done a lot yeah. of um, stuff in the past around opening up for, is it So Solid, Art for Adagio, mm -hmm. the UKG Chronicles. Yeah. You also did um, open up for Black Street, Drew Hill. They're like big things, like like really big moments and events. So <laughs> just talk us through how they came about and, and what was it like as well? Because obviously someone mm -hmm. says to me, you know, do you want to open up for So Solid or do you want to open up for Drew Hill? Like, they're like up there yeah. kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? They're like amazing things to do. So how did that all come about? How, how did that happen? Well, we were talking about in the beginning with those childhood anthems and, you know, what you grow up on. I mean, I didn't mention that, you know, kind of in my going into my teens, I started getting yeah, yeah. into Garage a lot. So like yeah. Pure Garage with, um, what's his name? His name's gone out of my head. The guy. Uh, DJ EZ. I was able to experience you know kind of sharing a stage with people that I've kind of looked up to and I it's not the first time that I've kind of been around so solid because Mega reached out to me when I was in my band days mm. and we performed at a gig yeah, yeah. that he was doing with his clothing line um Cheats right. and Thieves so I met him years ago and then I kind of went and did one of their video shoots a few years after that so I've kind of had that kind of relationship with him anyway so it was lovely to then be in a, se a setting where you know we're both performing at the same time um, so that was really, really lovely. Um, but yeah, the, what, what was the second part? Sorry. Oh yeah. With the Drew Hill and the Black Street, um, that was the R&B festival. I didn't actually get to meet them, unfortunately, because the day was, yeah, it was one of those, um, 
it was one of those days that was like torrential rain. You know, rain that's like, oh God, like. The thing is, like we, my performance slot was a lot earlier. So a good maybe six hours before they were due on. So I got to go into like their dressing rooms, have a look around and, you know, things were kind of warming up. But obviously the crowd was kind of a lot smaller than it would have been later on. So it was a lovely experience. And the people that stood in that field in the rain to watch me perform and they don't even know who I am probably. So I was very, very grateful. But, you know, um, it was still an amazing experience, even though I didn't get to meet them. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think I think just even doing those kind of things, like opening up for So Solid and Art for Dodge, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're amazing. And obviously we're talking about big numbers in terms of capacity for like Wembley Arena yeah. as well. So I think for some people mm-hmm. that is definitely, you know, like bucket list kind of stuff. Um some like like obviously growing up listening to um Drew Hill, Blackstreet, yeah, those kind of artists, and then to suddenly be on the same bill as them, um, you know, it's a big achievement. It's a massive, Absolutely. it's a massive achievement. Yeah, so I feel like um, I'm very grateful. Yeah, hundred percent, man. But talk to me about the days when you was in a band because I didn't know that you was in a band as well. Yeah, I don't really talk about it too much, to be honest. I felt I feel like it was um, necessary for my kind of practice years, growth, building relationships, learning how to work in the studio, you know, kind of with the mic, songwriting, a lot of the um, kind of business side of it as well. So, you know, I was in that for three years, had some amazing experiences, got to perform at the Molten Music Awards, lots of TV shows out there. Um, you know, like I said, kind of built some relationships with people that I'm still working with now. So we worked with a guy who's now part of Fanatics, um, C Dot. So we we worked with him quite a lot. So that's where I kind of got my relationship with him um, back then. Um, and yeah, so it was really really good. I wouldn't change a minute of it, but it's it was necessary. I think as part of my growth. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's understandable, 100%. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about as well was around, obviously, lockdown. Um, people have had to try and start being innovative and do different things. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, what Thank you. with you, you've done, obviously, the Instagram kind of refixes and remixes to, to certain people's songs. And um, it's been received really mm-hmm. well by obviously a lot of people on Instagram as well. But just tell me and talk us through why you decided to do them. Um, was it just to keep sort of fresh and keep your face out there mm-hmm. or was it because I don't know you tell us man um, and also mm-hmm. as well because it was received so well I think you got some form of representation from that as well didn't you yeah I did get some form of representation um, with a singing division of a, a nice agency so that was um, definitely something positive because I've always been you know I didn't really want to be sticking up videos of me just singing in my bedroom as much as people were like, oh, you need to put yourself out there more. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I find it a little bit semi-cringe, you know, just singing in my bedroom. But I thought I got, um, by coincidence, I got a microphone update, upgraded my Mac just before we locked down the Christmas and my birthday, which is in January. So amazing timing to have like a little setup to be able to record. and. You know, if um, if anyone's been bored enough to kind of scroll back in my Instagram, you'll see that I did do the occasional freestyle challenge, 
like when uh, Rams did the barking challenge and things like that and another artist called Preds you know now and then I really get I really enjoy just taking like say for instance a rap beat and this is how I write actually um I'll go on YouTube and get a random uh you know it could be a gets beat it could be Dave or whatever or a Doja Cat style beat and I'll literally just go through tons of them until I find one that sticks and then I basically just come up with my own melodies over it and start writing. So I did do them occasionally, but I wasn't really in a place where I wanted to be doing them regularly. And it was a bit of a like, oh, do people like them? I'm not sure. You know, a bit of a, a bit of a nerve-wracking one, that one. So I thought in lockdown, it was the perfect opportunity to kind of stay focused, to keep my mental in the right place as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, a good use of my time we all ha we were all gifted time and um i felt like it was a like a blessing to be able to put my time and energy into kind of creating and then as soon as i kind of got into it i felt like you know people were kind of wanting more of it so i just kind of kept it up and tried to keep it as organic as possible you know so yeah no that's that's understandable that's understandable i think um you don't want to be sort of boxed in and just be the Instagram mm. girl that um, is just constantly doing like refixes. And that would never mm -hmm. happen to you, I don't think, anyway. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk as well um, about your writing, your creative writing side. And um, obviously, you're not just a singer, you're a songwriter yeah. as well. You write all your own material. So um, yeah. just tell tell us a bit about your your writing process and, and how you go about it. Because everyone's different. You know, when I used to write, bars and lyrics and stuff and and songs you know i used to i used to not be able to have instrumentals on sometimes um or sometimes i would have instrumentals on but um you know even even like that kind of process for me was a bit weird because sometimes i just need to be in isolation somewhere to write on my own i can't write around people so what's your writing process like and mm -hmm. yeah how how do you how do you go about that? What, what do you do first? What do you look for the beat? Or mm -hmm. do you just have ideas that you just write down? Do you know what? I work in a load of completely different ways um, because I was saying to someone yesterday, actually, because they asked right. me about Saint Laurent, yeah, the yeah. most recent single. I'll be really honest. Sometimes ideas will just come to me and I have no idea where they came from. Um, and that hook just came into my head when I was kind of just like looking out of my window and I was like, oh, that sounds like a bit of a play on word that might work. And I took it and I kind of already had this beat, um, like a, I already had a melody idea for the beat that I put it over. But then something told me it was almost like a, like an intuitive thing that I listened to. And it was like, no, try that over this beat. That's going to work. And then so sometimes I'll be in the shower, I'll be walking down the street and I literally just get ideas or if I'm like asleep, even falling asleep, yeah, man, I'll just get a random idea. So I'm trying so to sleep. Much. Why are you coming now? Um, and I just have to literally get my voice note app, um, voice note recording and then literally just put the idea in. And sometimes, you know, I'll listen back to it and be like, nah, nah. Or then sometimes it'll be like, oh, actually, there's something there. And then I'll go to like say if I've given myself the evening to I'm feeling inspired and I want to go onto YouTube, have a look through beats and then kind of I'll go through my voice recordings, listen to them and then take something that I like and then basically try and put it with it. Or 
I go to YouTube, go through beats, and then it, ins- it inspires me kind of on the spot. And I'll just kind of voice note myself singing along to it with whatever comes to me. So, or sometimes I'll just go to studio and it will come to me there. If I'm working with a producer, kind of making a beat in that moment, but I prefer to kind of get ideas here and then develop them, take it and then get them to kind of make me a beat or put it to one of theirs. Sorry, that was a really long way of answering. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, um, I think it just depends on how you work. Like I know a lot of artists that, you know, they can't function unless they're in a studio or they can't function unless there's loads of people around them in the studio. There's other people that prefer to just be at home or be in the studio Mm. isolated and just work on their own. So I think for me, um, yeah, I've never really been a fan of having loads of people in a studio session. I think that's the worst thing you can do because I feel like there's so many distractions and so many people telling you to change this or change that in the song as well. You can't get into the, I'll be honest with you, that's, um, I know, I think you, you quickly get to learn how you work best and I can't completely get into my, my zone or vibe when I'm in a studio setting where there are people that aren't there to really be invested in what we're working on. So I think counterproductive, isn't it? Yeah. And also people put in their ideas or they might say, mm, and then it kind of throws your idea off and I think I'm, I know now that I'm very much like I'm better working on my own and then I'll take that idea to somebody who wants to help bring it to life um, rather than being kind of discouraged from it because, you know, I don't, yeah. I think it's good to collaborate with people, but unless they're there to collaborate with you, it is a bit of a, it's not, it's not great. <laughs> no, 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 man, it's, it's, it's madness. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're not helping in the studio, then you may as well just get out of the studio session because you're not helping yeah. at all by being there but um I just wanted to ask as well so at the moment you're still unsigned is that is that right yeah correct yeah so one of the questions I want to ask you and I don't know if you'll be able to ask answer this as well but um let's just say a major label comes in they've got a good offer on the table for you they want you to sign the deal but they want to try Mm -hmm. and pigeonhole you into doing things maybe that you wouldn't necessarily want to do as an artist for example um i don't know you've got to go and do a song with a rock band or something mad like that um what would what would your approach be to that what would you do would you technically want to stay unsigned for those reasons or do you reckon you might i might have to sign this deal that would be yeah it's it it would all depend on you know, where, where they see me, if they like what I'm already doing and they want to help that, that sound great. I would never say no to, I mean, obviously depending on making sure you're not just signing your life away, um, and negotiating the best deal for everyone. But if I had to completely change who I am as an artist, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be signing basically, you know, it would have to be like, you know, I'm happy to do, I think a lot of people say, you know, people like The weekend, or dare I say people maybe even like Tiny Temper at one stage, they kind of got, mm. you know, did you sell yourself out a little bit because you've gone yeah, the yeah, commercial yeah. route? At the end of the day, yeah. I think, you know, like I said in the very beginning, I don't like just one genre of music. So I love what I'm doing and the sound that I have, but it doesn't mean that I can't appreciate a rudimental sound 
you know, what Rita Ora might have done. So it would basically have to be aligned with the kind of music that I love. As long as it is, great. But if it was obviously to be a rock band or something that's completely, yeah, then no, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. 100%. I feel like it's um, it's one of them where I feel like sometimes, you know, artists feel like they they're almost obligated to sign a major deal if they come in but you know it can be a blessing or a curse um i feel like there's sometimes where artists will um you know they'll they'll sign a deal and then you know if the first album flops then it's a bit peak for them because that means now that you owe mm. the label a lot of money for investing in your project that hasn't done really well you know if the, if the project does really well then it's almost like the label mm. can say, well, you know what, we've helped you do this. We now want this back in return. So I do feel like it's a blessing and a curse mm. because, and it, it traps a lot of artists, you know, a lot of artists get trapped into that that kind of mm -hmm. mindset of having to, to be on a major. But there's so much creative control and a lot more use of being able to just put your music out on Spotify or Apple Music or Bandcamp and them kind of places and just have that creative control again. I feel, uh, to be honest with you, I feel like I think that if independent, if being independent can work for you, stay independent 100%. But I'll be completely honest. I think that someone like myself, um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to even still do music, you know, after this pandemic. And I think when you're an independent artist that doesn't have the financial backing that a label would provide you, and the recognition and the respect that comes with being signed because people are quite fickle at the end of the day. <laughs> people are more likely to respect you as an artist if they know you're signed to a major, I believe. I think that's my personal opinion. I mean, if you're an independent artist, it's getting numbers and you literally are just like, there's no, it's like an undeniable fan base, like an AJ Tracy in the beginning. I don't know what his situation is now. I don't know how his situation is now, but in the beginning, it, he was like one of those good examples of being independent and it working for you. But I think, you know, if you're struggling as an independent artist and yeah, okay, like, you know, you're building your fan base, but at the end of the day, you, to, in order to really reach your potential, you may need that backing and that support. And I'll be honest, if a, if a label offered me a deal that was, you know, suited that, for me, I would take it. <laughs> 100%, man. 100%. It's got to be lucrative for mm -hmm. you. Um, it's got to work for you. And it's got to be right for you. So, yeah, mm -hmm. man, I don't I don't blame you in that in that sense as well. But I just wanted to go back to the R&B conversation that we was having earlier, the UK R&B. Um, and if there's still a scene and a, a, an area for that. And I mean proper R&B that you make, not... Oh, that's stuff. a compliment. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to talk about like obviously we've had some really great R and B um, moments in the UK, like Damage, another le another level, Honeys, um, mm -hmm. Michelle Gale, yeah. that kind of scene, and and we've got a scene now where I'm trying to think of someone I can use as an example. Yeah, give me an example of the. Yeah, no, I think True. I think someone like. <laughs> Someone like um, Georgia Smith, LMA, them kind of artists are around now. But is do you feel like there's ever a time when we'll hear R and B like mm -hmm. from the nineties, like because um, a lot of your music I feel has that influence in there. 
Um, but I don't, do you think we'll ever see that kind of pure swing vibes, that kind of moment in, in music where we, we'll get that back within the R&B scene? I think, um, I think there is the potential that we've definitely got the talent there. And there is definitely the artists that could provide that, um, that fix, I guess. And I think a lot of, uh, you know, there are some amazing R&B artists from the UK and they're not, unfortunately, they're not getting the spotlight that they deserve. Um, I do think that obviously the UK has, and it's, you know, it's, it's got an amazing light being shone on it in terms of drill, rap, um, that is kind of like in the Af maybe Afro-influenced pop R&B sound, I guess, you know, like that Camille Ayo sound. Um, is it Ayo? The song's called Ayo. That kind of vibe, you know, that kind of, not Western, but yeah. And I love that as well. So I would, you know, like notes maple kind of sound. I actually think that, dare I say it, I think that... Um, a lot of people, when they think of R&B, they are stuck in that kind of 90s mindset. Even myself, you know, I want to hear a good throwback song, but the reality isn't that. So I feel like we can try and recreate, recreate, but it's never going to be the 90s R&B, I don't think. This is all just my personal opinion. And when I look around, what I hear, what I genuinely feel, and I feel like, you have to stay with the times. So I feel like R&B these days is taking inspiration from all of that 90s R&B, but it's going to be your interpretation. So it's not going to sound... So I think if you've constantly got that sound from the 90s in your head, you might be disappointed. Although there are people like, is it Manelia? Say When? That song is such a good song. And it's a good example of someone taking inspiration from a 90s vibe. And she's done really well with like executing it because I listened to it and I thought, oh, I feel like it's like a, you know, that kind of like she got me really feel like it's the closest I felt to listening to like, I don't know, Destiny's Child or something from. Yeah, but I feel like I, I just feel there's definitely the talent. And I think that it's not, you know, when we're, we're not shining the light on the talent, which is a shame. Um, but I feel also it is what it is to a degree. And I think that R&B isn't what it used to be. It's now got a kind of different sound. So, you know, Notes and Mabel is kind of like a, a, the, like a current R&B or version of R&B. And that might upset people that are stuck in that 90s R&B era. But like I call myself alternative R&B because I would never want somebody who loves 90s R&B to listen to me and think, oh, you're not like that, you know? So I'm probably waffling, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 man. It's true, man. It's true. I like that answer. But I feel like, yeah, you kind of have to, me personally as an artist, I'm inspired by pe those people, but I know that I'm not going to try and go back to that era because we've moved on. And especially if you want to kind of stay current, that's why I try and mix R&B with a rap beat for instance, because that's how I, some people might not think that that goes and that's not what is um, familiar, but that's what I, I hear. And it's kind of my version of taking the influence and then putting my own spin on it. 
which is where the refix is, uh, you know. So if you like it, you like it. <laughs> yeah, and if there you, you don't listen to something else, that's what we're saying, basically. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, no, I wanted to ask you about um, Love is a Losing Game really quickly because mm-hmm. I know that's um, something that you did as a collaboration. But I just want to talk about the concept and, and um, the idea around it. But also, you know, because um, I think you dropped it Valentine's Day um, or you dropped the teaser the night before, a couple of days before, mm-hmm. um, before the song came out. Yeah, but, yeah I just want to talk about First of all, the concept, the idea, how all that came about, because um, yeah, it was it was well put together, it was well mm-hmm. executed. Um, there's obviously a meaning behind it as well, which is quite important and powerful. Um, and the collaboration with was it Terrell Lewis? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to understand how that came about, and and just more about the thought process around the whole um, the, the the song itself. So I met Terrell at the last gig that I performed at before we got locked down. So we met um, that night and then kind of kept in touch. And actually, again, this is another opportunity that kind of came to me from doing my bedroom refixes. So he he saw my my videos and he was like, oh, I just saw your video. And I thought, oh, you sound, you'd sound great on this for this idea that I have. Um, do you want to have a go? So he sent me um, the Amy Winehouse song and basically just said can you just see what you come up with i've got this piano beat so i you know instead of doing my normal refix i kind of you know and i was being asked by a few people actually to you know can you do some vocals for this or you know so it's quite nice it was quite ended up being quite busy and then i was like trying to struggle struggling to kind of get my refix done because i was being asked to do other bits so it's good um so yeah i just you know went away with it and I, I'll be honest, I didn't know the song that that well because as much as I appreciate Amy Winehouse, I'm not like a hardcore fan. So which is probably good in the sense of making like creating it, um, making it my own. I didn't I wasn't overly influenced by her version. So I kind of just heard it and then I was like, okay, this is how I feel. And it was really organic at the time. Um and he loved it. And then that was yeah, he just he I think it's his first proper project where he's got like a vocalist in and so it's really nice and I felt honored to be asked you know <laughs> yeah no and anyone who hasn't seen the video the video is amazing um the location looked amazing where where was that location East London East London looked amazing oh my gosh it was so good honestly because he sent me a video of the location way before we shot it I was like oh my god that is incredible uh, he has he's got an amazing visionary you know he's um a beautiful flat and you know his whole team that were there that day that we shot we had an amazing day so yeah yeah and I'm, really good yeah and i'm just trying to think of the um the timeline of when saint laurent came out and love is a losing game which one which one came out first that was after so saint laurent i dropped end of january almost the end of january and then we kind of shot that just before the week before valentine's so I guess just after the first week of Feb. So it kind of like nicely went in between my two releases. So it was like a nice little like, um, filler, I guess. But yeah, completely different as well. So yeah. 
Yeah, man. And just talk us through Saint Laurent because I feel like that's a song that, um, although you tease us with a new one again yesterday, <laughs> um, so you messed up all my plans because I thought I was on the ball. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, talk us through um, Saint Laurent because I feel like you know another another great song from yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I like I said earlier that idea just kind of came to me. I heard the beat. So basically, there's a producer who I found on YouTube when I was looking through beats and I don't normally want the beat. I'll just take it and kind of get, get the song, get the melody idea put with a completely different beat. But there was one that I kept coming back to. Um, and that beat is actually, I hope I don't confuse you. So the, the release that I'm about to put out next week, the beat that I kept coming back to was for that track called problem. And then basically I just had this idea. I was like, you know what? I love this beat so much. Let me check out his other work. And he had a couple of others. And I thought, you know what? Let me reach out to him and see if he'd be up for doing a collaboration. He's in the States. I'm here. We're in lockdown. I've got some ideas that I've written to a couple of his beats. Why not? Um, and he was really, really, you know, excited and encouraging it. And he was like totally on board. So basically I did three tracks. Um, recorded here and Celeron I thought I put out first um and yeah it's it was one of those ideas that I thought would either go you know like Marmite basically like people will either love it or hate it and luckily the reaction's been really positive so <laughs> yeah man 100% no it's yeah. been really well um and it's done really well as well you know I think I checked on Spotify and it's on like 23,000 yeah. streams so congrats on that um, but I want to talk about the one that you dropped on us yesterday. Um, let's talk about that really quickly. What can we expect from that? Um, yeah, of course it's called problem. So I thought I would put it in between. So there's the three tracks I've got Saint Laurent, which I thought was quite edgy and a bit different. This one I think has a little bit more of a, even though it's still got that kind of new sound that I'm going for. I feel like there's a little bit more of a kind of old school R&B vibe to it. Just a bit more of a hint. So I thought, well, let me just stick it in the middle. And I felt like it was a good song to come afterwards. Um, it's about, it's more of a like flirtatious, sexy, seductive track. Um, I like, I've got quite a theme with my music at the moment, which is kind of very female empowerment. Don't care what you think. Don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want anyway. I've got to that point in my life. I'm not going to be told what to do, what I should be doing. I've heard, I've listened enough to the out, outside noise and now I'm just doing what I want. And it's kind of just then taking that, having fun with it, with a guy. So, you know, I'm just kind of like, do you want this problem? Like, don't, don't play around because, you know, yeah, just having fun with it, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and when is it out? Tell us when it's out. Um, March the 5th, so next Friday, a week today. Right, okay. So, um, yeah, so when this episode drops, it'll be out the same day. Oh, cool. Yeah, so make sure everyone, you stream it, buy it. Make sure you stream it. Stream, stream, stream it all the way, man, because Thank you. it's going to be a good song, I'm sure. Um so yeah, I want to quickly talk about what can we expect from you? Obviously, you've got St. Laurent out. Um, what else can we expect from you for the next couple of months? Um, hopefully some more songs, more videos as well. So we've got the last track out of the three that I did in the lockdown. Um, 
which I'm not going to say the name of it yet. I'll leave you guys, you know, hopefully yeah, wanting more. A little teaser, a little teaser. Yeah, another <laughs> teaser. But I'm aiming to put that out, I guess, in another four weeks to six weeks' time. So um, I want to drop that hopefully do another visual for that because I've just shot a video for problem which will be out either the same day or maybe a week later I haven't decided yet so it's either out today or next week guys <laughs> um yeah so hopefully so get that out maybe another visual and then I've basically got another bunch of tracks that are ready to basically go yeah man so Busy my plan of is basically yeah I've been quiet I've been working really hard, but, you know, it's all been kind of behind the scenes. And now that I've got the material, I just want to keep releasing um, and just get get to a place basically where I can more or less do music full time and just, you know, keep working and working with new producers, writing for other people um, and just enjoying it, get out and start performing them, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be my next question, actually. Oh, sorry, I keep jumping ahead. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Um, yeah, so like you were saying, obviously, um, you know, we've got the roadmap now from from the government mm -hmm. as to what we hopefully can do in the next couple of months. So what are you looking forward to doing, um, music or non-music? But I'm assuming, obviously, live music, performing that is up there. But um, what other things um, away probably from music mm -hmm. are you looking forward to doing um, that you haven't been able to do for the last couple of months? Well, I think that, you know, lockdown has taught us to appreciate the the smaller things, the little things. So just being able to see friends and family, um, being able to travel outside of London, you know, just get on a train, go to visit my friend that lives by the sea, hopefully go on a holiday at some point go and eat a brunch in a restaurant, you know, the, just those little things, um, as well as obviously, hopefully getting out and performing again. I just enjoy, like, I'm very much a simple pleasures kind of person. Like, I just love good food, being outside in the sunshine and being around good people, my friends. Yeah, no, 100%. I echo that completely. Um, all, in all honesty, I just want to get out. I just want to get out and have some proper food and enjoy a bit of like going out again um mm -hmm. I work from home I'm a home person anyway like I don't really go out much but when you don't do something for so long you mm -hmm. kind of want to do it if that makes sense you want to just enjoy it a little bit more and you kind of you you're more thankful that you can you don't realize how much it's important to get out every now and again so mm. um but yeah man to be fair eating that's on my top of my list a good meal getting on a plane man yeah where do you want to go? Oh, anywhere, anywhere. I don't mind where it is as long as as long as I'm out somewhere. As long as I get on a plane, get get myself. Just say you've got out of country. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. Just anywhere that I can just do what I need to do and just just get out of the country for a little bit. But um, yeah, Australia, um, New York. I think I'd want to go back there. Mm. Spain, Greece, anywhere, man. Thailand, Thailand as well. Oh, Thailand's so lovely. Yeah, Thailand, man. <laughs> Everyone, everyone I know, so everyone I know that's been to Thailand says that as well. So, um, yeah, I definitely need to get there, man, because I need to see that. But did you did you travel around there? Yeah, I've kind of um, because my birthday's in January, and I basically got to a stage a few years ago where I'd had enough of people not wanting to do anything and not having money, not being motivated to 
celebrate. And I'm very much a celebration. Like I love any excuse to have a good time. So I was like, I'm basically took myself to Bali on my own a few 2017, I think. Yeah, 2017. So I went and had two weeks over there, had the most amazing time. And I was like, right, this is how I'm spending my birthday from now on every January. There's no work in January anyway. It's quite a good time for creatives to just have their kind of holiday. So did that. And then the year after I went with one of my good friends to Thailand um, and we spent two weeks there, had an amazing you know, when you're just like, I could, yeah, yeah I could do 100%, this every year. <laughs> 100%. Hopefully we so, can though as well. Cause I feel like, um, you know, once these restrictions get lifted, things can happen a bit more. Um, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, we need to, we need to start getting out there again and, and, and start living our life a little bit. Yeah. But listen, I appreciate you coming on. Um, problems out on 5th of March, St. Laurent out mm-hmm. now. So everyone go and listen to that, stream that, buy that, download that. Um, and yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, we're going to put all the links in the description um, to your songs and your your streaming platforms that we can we can access you on. But no, I really appreciate you taking the time out today just to to talk to me, you know, and just... Thank you very much. And thank you so much for asking me to come on. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, always, always. Um, so yeah, you can follow us at the ATTS podcast um on instagram and twitter and yeah thanks again for coming on appreciate it thank you